30 seconds has begun. Chair staff is ready when you are. Good evening. Welcome to the November 30th, 2023, 5.30 Utilities Rate Advisory Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Ellis? Absent. Commissioner Johnson? Here. Commissioner Lee? Here. Commissioner Vanderwerf? Absent. Commissioner Zito? Here. And Chair Fidel? Here. Thank you. We have quorum. I would like to remind members of the public in chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. You'll have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Hatuan Wintun, peoples and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's histories, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak to the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. There are no speakers for this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? I make a motion that we approve the consent calendar. Second. I have a motion by Commissioner Zito and a second by Commissioner Johnson. Will the clerk please call the roll for this vote? Thank you. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Ellis is absent. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Commissioner Vanderwerf? Absent. Commissioner Zito? Yes. And Chair Fidel? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item one is the. Oh, shoot, I didn't have an agenda. Item three. 
Oh, Those not this one? These oh, are got it. Oh, okay. Item three is my item. Okay. So I have been trying to raise the issue of using DOU facilities to provide water to people experiencing homelessness for a couple years now. Um, I guess I'd like to give you um, a bit of an understanding of the scope and scale of how water is provided to people who are unhoused right now. In the city of Sacramento, there are about five, this is the city, not the county, there are about 5,500 people roughly on any night experiencing homelessness. That's about the same number of people as are in the zip code 95814, just for scale. Um, the city does not provide water or other general services to people experiencing housing. That is delegated to the county. The way that happens now is that the county contracts with a nonprofit community organization called SANE. And the way SANE delivers water to everyone in Sacramento County who needs water is that there are two full-time staff and they have a van. And every day they hand load pallets of gallons of water into the van and then they drive to encampments and they unload gallons of water. They hand people gallon containers of water. Um, they cannot serve, it is, it is their mission and their contract to serve everyone. If you call them and ask for water, you will get into the rotation. And the rotation is that every three to four weeks, um, they manage to reach a different, they, they reach an, encamp an encampment every three or four weeks, and then they can give out six gallons of water per person. And that is the water service that is available to people who are unhoused and living outside. So um, I find that um, sort of extraordinary and unacceptable, in large part <laughs> because I know that we have this spectacular engineered system of delivering water to the people in Sacramento. And I continue to believe that it would be easier and cheaper to deliver water to people who live outside through our water utility system. It is worth saying that um, the contract with SANE to hand deliver gallon containers of water runs about $200,000 a year. And that's the cost for the staff and the van. Um, I don't know if it covers the purchase of the water itself. So we've been working on this for a long time. DOU has responded to Council Members Valenzuela's request um, to look into options that other cities have used to provide water to people experiencing homelessness. And um, attached to the agenda is this memo. And it was an evaluation of the different methods that um, have been used in other cities, mostly East Bay Mud in Oakland. Um, there are five methods and pros and cons listed on this memo. Um, the first is um, a system that uses the existing fire hydrant system. And the way that works is that the fire hydrant, okay, 
um, I need to back up just a little bit. As commissioners who deal with rate setting, you are all deeply aware of the requirements of Proposition 218. And Proposition 218 is a proposition that says that um, every parcel must pay for its own water, right? And it has to pay the full cost of that water. You can't um, use money from a parcel over there to pay for some of this water. Water must be paid for. Um, and you can't use fee monies to pay for some, someone else's water. So the department um, states as, as we go along um, that, that as we talk about these options, someone has to pay for them. So um, the fire hydrant approach is the first one in the memo. And it says that one possible way that's been used in Oakland is to attach these little spigots, and construction companies use them. If they've come into a parcel that doesn't have water service, um, if there's a hydrant nearby, they can put this, this little spigot meter onto the hydrant, and then the construction company can buy water to do dust control or to um, grade the site. So um, there is a method that's in place for construction companies. And the idea then is that you could get this meter that construction companies use. And then after that, you put a filter next to it, hydrant, meter, filter. And then there is available water on site from the hydrant. And in Oakland, where they use this, it costs five to $7,000 for the use of the meter. They have a connection fee. It's monitored. But then the cost of the water um, that goes through the meter and the filter is on the order of $1,000 a year, right? So that is not expensive, and it is on-site and on-demand. And then this um, is a, a, a somewhat conscientious, or somewhat contentious. Uh, the fire department has to be able to reach their meters. And um, this water, even filtered, is not designated as potable water. It's out of a hydrant. Um, so that is an issue that needs to be resolved. The second method on this memo is to allow adjacent property to serve water to the unhoused. And in Oakland, they um, came up with some language that people can sign into that holds them harmless if they provide water to the unhoused from out of their property. Um, he says the take up on that has been very low. People either just tend to do it and not worry about the formal language um, or they don't do it at all. Um, the third option on here is water provided to city-sponsored sites for the unhoused. And that is going to be something that is taken into account as um, these sites are developed. I think um, a question that is still open is um, whether it would serve people who weren't in the safe grounds themselves, right? So the safe grounds is there for the people who can move into them, and then if there's water available to them, could it also be available to visitors? And I think that's an unsolved, an unanswered question. There is the potential for bottle fillers in parks. Um, and I, I personally attend parks quite a bit. I would like there to be bottle fillers for me, um, in addition to people experiencing homelessness. And the last one is the method that is um, discussed in method five, 
which is that people truck bottled water around and, and homeless advocacy groups do it. I've described it the only comprehensive means, which is six gallons per person every three weeks. Um, but there are other ad, ad hoc um, groups who just put a bunch of water in their truck and drive out out of the goodness of their heart. So um, these are the methods. The, oh, we're the Utilities Rate Setting Advisory Commission, right? We're not a commission that's intended to deal with people experiencing um, homelessness. So I, I think a key question for us is how this could be paid for um, and where what the options are for that. There are non-fee monies at DOU. There's general fund money at the city. A community-based organization could just step, and step up and say, look, I'll pay the bill. It's not that high. There could be more grants. If the county is paying SANE $200,000 a year to do this, perhaps there are other grant opportunities and other monies available too. Um, I guess I would finish by speaking to the need. Although the county water program of two, guy, of two people in a truck with pallets of water is the one that exists and the one that every homeless person who calls 311 is referred to, um, it's inadequate and it, there's a vast gap. Um, 311 gets 15, 20 calls in every heat event of people begging for water. The state of California says that there is a human right to water that was established in 2012. Um, I personally don't think six gallons every three weeks meets the human right to water. But um, that's what there is now. I think that's all I have on this item. Um, where are we on the agenda? So, no, that was the presentation. Is there any public comment on this item? Thank you, Chair. There are four speakers for this item. Our first speaker will be Andrew. Uh, my name is Andrew Kramer. I'm a resident of the city. Uh, professionally, I'm uh, an environmental engineer, and I'm here tonight as a member of SAC Act. Uh, I have read the report, and I left an online comment, so I'll speak just briefly. I support options one to four that are in the report to provide water to our unhoused residents, and I urge you to as well. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker will be Sarah. Hello everyone, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm an encampment outreach worker in Sacramento. So I see about 400 unhoused people every week across about 30 encampments. Um, I first of all just really wanna commend you for putting this on the agenda and you know, looking into um, paths that we can take to provide water. Um, I don't think a lot of people with housing in the city 
can can even begin to conceptualize like the difficulties that people go through to access water in camps. Um, I brought this with me. This is just to show you guys like one thing that we give out when we're on outreach. It's um, like a strap to carry jugs of water with you. Um, and you know, people always like really appreciate to get this, but I think it's also a reminder of how much it sucks to carry water. Um, you probably all know this, being on this commission, water is very heavy, um, 8.34 pounds a gallon. And um, you know, Megan was talking about people getting six gallons of water every three weeks, and and a lot of most people living on housing in Sacramento don't even get that, right? Like the same program is amazing, but it does not even begin to cover the amount of people out there. Um, so what happens is that most people are carrying their water um, or accessing them through fire hydrants. And then when they do that, they're uh, often charged with utility larceny, which um, is a really shameful thing to be happening. Um, I want to tell you all about you know a camp that we visit um, where the water, the, the city cut off, uh, cut off the fire hydrants in July. Um, and right after that happened, a MRSA outbreak started. If you know anything about MRSA, washing your hands is a really important intervention, and it was something that was taken away from that camp. Uh, someone did die. Uh, at least four more people were hospitalized. Um, we have people every summer hospitalized for dehydration um, uh, and a lot of you know water-related illnesses that really could be avoided. So I commend your efforts to um, start providing water for people experiencing homelessness. I really encourage you to make it as pervasive and as expansive as possible. Um, and I hope you vote yes on these proposals. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Jenny. Hi, my name is um, Jenny Wells and I was homeless for 20 years until six months ago. I was charged for stealing water. I took a crescent wrench, and it was 107 degrees out that day. I waited all day long to get water. It was a bad night the night before. I waited all day long to get water. I took a crescent wrench, and I opened the spigot as normal. I didn't deface the property or anything. I was um, belittled by the officers that came and charged me with the water. Um, stealing water, they poured out my water, and I didn't have any water at all that night either. Um, the year before that, I was in the hospital for dehydration for four days because I was living on the levee, and um, I couldn't carry the water, the gallons of water, up and down the levee all the time. I hear you guys asking, what ways can we provide water to the homeless people? I've noticed a lot of water fountains that have been shut off. That is, we can get those water fountains going again. That, that make use of what we already have. People are, they're putting locks on, on water fountains that are in public parks. We can't use the restroom in a public park. I understand there's issues with people's sanitation and things like that, but there's more issues with people having water to live. So I think if we just look and look at the things that we already have and we try to reopen old water fountains that have been closed down, that would be a good start. Thank you for your comments. Our last speaker on this item is Jay.
Please go ahead and fill out a slip and we'll take that. Hello, commissioners. Um, I'm really happy to see this item on the agenda. Um, I'm in support of all the options listed. The topic is important to me because last summer I started a fund for water delivery. At its height, I was able to get 2,500 water bottles to the homeless community every week. Um, I, was able to, I was only able to supply seven or so camps um, with water. I tried to be as regular as possible, so I didn't want to spread myself too thin. Um, I was very aware of the lack of water. Water seems to be the number one need for our homeless community. I want to clarify that over the summer, I was in contact with SANE and we tried to coordinate our drop-offs. And I was, it was um, explained to me that they arrive once every six weeks um, to a location um, because they go to around like a thousand spot, uh, sites. Um, so every six weeks or so, I would see like gallons appearing and I would say, okay, you guys already got some good water to, you know, this week. Um, water is so vital to the homeless community. A lot of our homeless neighbors have pre-existing health issues. Many suffer from seizures. I have met many people having issues also experiencing extreme dehydration. I see a compounding problem if we don't provide reasonable water resources. With health and hygiene issues, our healthcare system is overburdened by cases that would have been avoidable if people had access to water. I also think the homeless community more than anyone is focused on improving their lives. The homeless deals with a tremendous amount of stress. When you're trying to figure out how to build a life, it's easy to overlook hydration. It's hard to make good decisions while you're dehydrated. And um, I think one thing that I see a lot too is just like getting water is like almost a part, like a job, like a daily part of your day to go to the store and try to get water to stay hydrated. And it takes a lot of time and work and you're navigating, trying to make sure you're securing your items, your camp or whatever. Um, and so it just becomes really difficult. And it's something that we definitely all take for granted who live inside. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Our next speaker is Nikki. Everybody, um, folks have kind of said so beautifully already the things that I was thinking about saying, but still to consider the importance um, of lack of access, because what we have right now is lack of access to water. And that's like the troubling thing. That's why um, y'all have been looking at this and we're so appreciative. Um, you know, what it's like to be thirsty, what it's like to be um, worrying about how you're gonna make sure your dogs drink water, um, what you're, how you're gonna cook your food, um, how you might clean up a little bit. All of those things are so intrinsic. Um, you know, imagine, you know, being, you know, on your period, living outside, not having access to water. It's so much more than just like, oh, I, you know, everybody needs to drink water. Um, but it is also that, it's so hugely that, what is it? like to need to drink water. And so, but some of the things that I wanna uplift or highlight that people did mention is really getting that access that already exists back online because it's been cut off. Talk to the county about their park, uh, parks system and where, how many bathrooms they have closed, where there's actually access close by to where people are, where they could get that water. Same with city parks. Um, it's been an effort 
um, for a lot of different reasons to, to shut off that access. And that access is so vitally important because we already have the infrastructure for it. Um, but then getting online new avenues, ways where people, where they're close to where they are, like you're talking about, opening up these other types of spaces for water and increasing access for people who give out water, like Jay just spoke about, um, that's so important, and increasing that access is so vital. So thank you all so much for doing what you're doing today. Thank you for your comment. Our last speaker is Patty. Good evening, everyone. My name is Patty Shaw, and I'm a member of SAC Act. And I'm also a member of a group we're calling ourselves Dignity. Every person has a right to dignity, and that includes being able to drink water, being able to wash themselves, being able to use bathrooms. I'm totally in favor of the meters. I think that is an absolutely wonderful idea. I think that if it's costing $200,000 to bring water to the people that are unhoused, so how much cheaper will it be if we use meters? I just think that it is so essential that people are treated with decency and dignity. I also think that as a citizen and a voter in Sacramento City, that I should be allowed to go to the park and have water, even if it's a, body, bot, a bottle filler. Everyone, mothers with kids, should be able to give water to their children. It's not just about the unhoused, it's about all of us. I know that water is now a commodity, but it's also a necessity. So I just thank you for bringing this subject to the forefront. It's vital and it's so important, and I thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Chair, there are no other speakers for this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Uh, I'll speak, uh, Laura Johnson. I um, wanted to put on the record that I, um, first of all, appreciate people coming out tonight to a URAC meeting on a Thursday evening. It's nice to have some visitors and people coming to speak tonight. Um, I also spent time this afternoon reviewing comments that were posted on um, the agenda item, and I noticed I think as of 4.30 today, um, there had been 33 comments received, all in support of providing, uh, of looking at ways to explore providing water. Um, and since we, you know, our, our mission on this particular body is very limited in scope, um, I particularly appreciated the comments. One of the comments I read um, was from Matt Anderson who had the idea that some of the Cal Recycle grant money um, from the CAPERS program could be eligible to help provide water filling stations. 
um, because that installation is an improvement in infrastructure that could increase litter um, abatement due to all the plastic that's getting handed out with the water containers. So, um, you know, I wondered, hey, is that true? And I did speak to some people at CalRecycle who work on that program today, and they confirmed that, yes, um, the CAPERS, some of that money in those grant programs could be used for uh, the water bottle dispenser filling stations, that installation. And I was able to see on their website that um, for fiscal year 22-23, City of Sacramento was awarded about $128,000 grant through that program. And County of Sacramento was awarded about $150,000 grant through that program. And that takes about, they have two years to spend those funds. And those funds are really, I don't know where those funds right now are being allocated. Um, I'm sure, I think speaking to some people, I, I know those funds are all, have allocations. Um, much of it, I think, in the city of Sacramento goes to litter abatement. But I thought that the idea of exploring, if we're providing recommendations for city council or for other community groups to explore, that, that idea, I know there might be some room um, within that program to maybe procure some funding for some of the, the sites that are most in need of water and litter abatement. Um, I just wanted to thank you again for coming for your comments, and I was not aware that some of those water fountains had been shut down. I, I don't doubt it, but I, I we received um, an email before. Remember, they said something like there's 400 and some water fountains available here. I think, well, that, that's a fair number, but if they're all shut down, no, that doesn't work either. And there are some bottle filling stations that they do have available, so maybe it would be behoove um, the Department of Utilities to look and make sure that they're operational. Um, and since we are advisory, I, I would suggest that we forward these recommendations on to them and let them, you know, get some serious feedback on what they might consider doing. And I would think turning things on would be the easiest thing at all. Quick, easy, turn it on. That's really my only comments. Any other commissioner comments? I just want to thank you guys for coming out. I really appreciate hearing what you had to say. And um, I do see uh, I do see Michael Voss over there. So I mean what's in our power here to do about this? I know we've talked about this before, but are we able to make a recommendation about this Cal Recycle grant, or what can we do? Thank you. Commissioner Mike Voss, um, staff to this commission. So for tonight, this item has been agendized as a discussion um, item. And so it's possible that you may want to talk to Department of Utilities about bringing it back. This is something that covers a lot of city jurisdictions. It covers parks. It covers the Office of Community Response. It covers Department of Utilities. covers the Fire Department. 
So there are a number of different departments that may collaborate on solutions to this issue, not necessarily just Department of Utilities. Um, but with that said, um, there is room for future actions on future agendas. Thank you. I would also be interested in looking into using disaster preparedness funds for this. Um, being able and ready with programs that serve people who are outside is something that could come very relevantly into play in an emergency situation. I would be curious about that. Um, otherwise, thank you for coming. You were um, eloquent and persuasive, and you know a great deal about this, and we appreciate your coming out for this. Um, I think we'll be in contact with DOU about coming out of this meeting, and we'll see if we re-agendize it. This item is um, a discussion item only. There is no vote required. We'll move on to the next item. Oh, I do that, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we will now um, proceed to the information calendar. It's item number four, a presentation on the Department of Utilities grant program. Is there a staff presentation? Hello, my name is Tyler Stratton. I have a presentation here. There it is right there. Awesome. All right, I'm a program specialist with uh, the Long Range Financial Planning section in the Department of Utilities. And appropriately, I'm here to talk about our, our grants, actually. Um, while my focus is on the, the three systems, which I'll kind of go into, I do have to say I'm very inspired today by, uh, by the comments from the public and from the commission. So uh, thank you. And it gives me a, another focus to, to look for opportunities there. So thank you for that. Um, let's go ahead and move on here. So Commissioner Fidel, uh, commissioners, thanks again for uh, having me here this evening. Tonight, I'm going to cover these items here, kind of our, our grant program, uh, our mission, vision, and goals. Going to look into our, our grant program resources while we have a core team of, uh, a mighty core team of three. We, we interface with a lot in the department to, to try to get success in this program here. We'll dive into our funding sources, where the money comes from, and then we'll take a little bit of a look at our, our uh, highlights and accomplishments. We had a great year last year, uh, thanks to our analyst, Elena Jordan, and our team uh, that, that works on these grants here. All right, so to begin here, you can see that our mission really focuses on the financial health and the viability and sustainability of the three systems, our water, wastewater, and storm drainage funds there. And our vision is to really support the approved five-year capital improvement program uh, with grants and other funding opportunities there. And, and really, that's become our strategy. Uh, what we've learned in the, when, when managing grants, I don't know if you're aware, but you know, there's often matching funds that are required uh, for a grant. Uh, they're going to grant you dollars for a program, but you also have to match that with, uh, with other dollars as well. And what we found is on large infrastructure projects that are you know, multi-million dollars, the match could be significant. And so through the budget process, uh, the capital improvement program gets allocated funding, right? 
And so um, if we, we can dip into that funding for, for matches, for, for grant matches, versus if we were to pull from our fund balance, it puts strain on the fund. You know, if we have a multi-million dollar project going on, uh, that can, you know, a million dollars coming out of the storm drainage fund a couple of years ago would have put a huge strain on that fund. So it's really our strategy here that we can, uh, we can tackle the high priority items and the funding's already allocated there. And you can see our goal there is really just to increase our grant and other funding sources. And the goal is really to stretch the ratepayer dollars, right? Is the more grant uh, money we can get in, the, the longer we can go without rate increases. So that's what we're shooting for in this program here. All right, this one looks a little busy, but as you can see at the very top there, we have our, our mighty team of three, and we, uh, we administer the grant program, which includes the applications, the council reports, the reporting, the financial reimbursement requests, and everything there, pulling together all that documentation. But we can't do that alone. We can't implement those grants, so we, have, uh, we work with a team. Our fiscal operations team provides the, the budget and the financial support. Uh, we have project managers, uh, a lot of our engineers and operations folks who are actually implementing these grants for us. And then we have division reps who are looking for these opportunities and helping us align uh, grants with, uh, align projects with grant opportunities there. In addition, we've, uh, we've got on-call grant writers and we have found, and you'll see later on, that uh, they, they help us really get a, a success rate, a high success rate on these grants. They make them more competitive, uh, make our applications more competitive, and we've had a really good return on, uh, on, these, on, these, uh, on the grants that we apply for. And as you can see, that all kind of translates to more dollars for our planning, for projects, for infrastructure that goes into the ground. So where do we get this money from, right? We have uh, several funding sources that we get the money from. One of them, we have a, a huge loan right there from the State Revolving Fund that was to address a, a regulatory need uh, for the Accelerated Water Meter Program. Now this operates just like, a, even though it's a, a low interest loan, it operates just like a grant where we do all of our expenditures and submit uh, requests for reimbursement as we go along through the life of that loan there. Um, we just successfully submitted our last claim. We had 29 claims and we had over a 99.96 uh, success rate on, uh, on, on getting all the reimbursements on that there. So huge success for the department there. You can see another tranche of funds there comes from our competitive grants. So this would be from state and uh, federal and local grants that we go out and look for to try to align with, uh, with projects there. And you can see since uh, fiscal year 20, We've got about 21.3 million in, uh, in competitive grants for the department there. And then also appropriations. So state and federal appropriations. We have a unit who uh, works on legislation, tracks legislation uh, moving through the state and the, uh, the federal governments there. And they have connections with uh, getting appropriations for, for projects. So let's dip into uh, some of the successes that we've had here. So fiscal year 22 and 23 was a huge year for us. There was a lot of money pumped in to grant programs for COVID stimulus. Um, and so we definitely kept our, our uh, you know, we were in tune with that there. So as you can see, we applied for 18 grants and 12 were awarded, giving us a 67% uh, success rate there. 
And we totaled 15.9 of that, 15.9 uh, million of that total, you know, 21 million that you saw on the previous slide came from last fiscal year for us. And we're super optimistic for fiscal year 24. We have uh, a, lot of, a lot of money uh, in the hopper as well for Department of Utilities here. I'm gonna shift gears here and show you, uh, this is a little dashboard that we have. It's actually over here. And just to kind of show, this microphone. Hello, hello, I'm on, okay, very good. All right, this, is, uh, this, can, this shows here all of the awarded and completed grants that, we, uh, that we've had over time, so you can really see that, that stellar year from fis fiscal year 22-23. But what I really wanted to show you here is what we also have in the hopper. When I show what we have pending here, um, this, this is what we have going forward here. We still have some grants that are um, pending uh, awards from fiscal year 22-23, and they could come through. Um, and then you can see for fiscal year 23 and 24 there, we're to the almost to 12 million in what we've applied for, and we're just about halfway through the, uh, the fiscal year here. So we still have time. Uh, to get more, to go and you know stretch these ratepayer dollars further. Uh, another note that I can kind of highlight here that I kind of glossed over is that you can see the colors here, Storm Drainage Fund. This was a fund that was really struggling, as you're all aware. We had the, uh, the 2022 property-related fee to help uh, bring some more revenues in for the Storm Drainage Fund, and we made that a really uh, big target for us over, over the last year. Uh, we had a huge success with the Sacramento Area Council of Governments. Uh, local grant program is called Green Means Go. Uh, they funded a significant portion of, uh, of these infrastructure projects to help uh, expand development throughout the city of Sacramento. And we were able to uh, make a fit for our storm drainage fund there. So um, types of projects we have here vary from you know, we have basin studies, we have actual basins that are being put in. Uh, Del Paso Road, we're gonna have some sewer improvements that are going in, you know, a big, big, big uh, grant there for that one there. We get flood fighting equipment, flood fighting, uh, you know, uh, operations and maintenance equipment there. We have groundwater wells, um, all different types of, of uh, you know, infrastructure projects for the three systems there. But we just wanted to kind of share today, you know, the successes of the, uh, the grant program so far and show you where we're, where we're trying to take it and where we're trying to grow this thing here. Available for any questions, if you have any questions on the grant program there. Thank you for that. The, this was an update that we asked for from you guys, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah thank you. this was one. Um, let's see. Are there any speaker slips for this? Thank you, Chair. There are no speakers for this item. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I'd just still like to say thank you. Great job collating all that information. I really like the dashboard. Um, so good job to your team for bringing in the money and for making it easy to communicate the good work you're doing. Awesome. Um, is the dashboard internal or is there any, do you share any of this information um, on your outward facing public website? Right now it's on the, the city's intranet. So it is an internal, you know, tool that we're using. 
uh, we can we can talk internally about you know maybe some some public facing shots of this. Uh, we are sharing it publicly now, so um, it's definitely good good work, and we're we're proud of the work that we're doing. And you know we really feel like this is helping stretch those ratepayer dollars, right? So and it's linked right here to this uh, this this commission. So yes, very exciting. Um, maybe one idea would be sharing some some of your successes in the city drop as. Um, so the public knows the good work that you're doing. Very good. I like it. Thank you. This, this item is information only. We will now move on to the next item. Item number five is um, presentation on rate setting and assistance. Is there a staff presentation? Good evening, Chair Fidel and Commissioner. My name is June Ryan Pham, and I'm your Business Services Division Manager. And today, I will be sharing additional information from what Tyler just provided to you as far as the department utility user rate. I will be covering uh, our department best practices, uh, rate adjustment, and rate assistance. For best practices, DUU works with the industry leaders on training and membership program. As you can see, we are participate in trainings and membership from the American Water Work Association, California Society of Municipality Finance Officer, Governmental Finance Officer Association, Race Scenario Modern Certify, DOU also was invited to present our uh, rate model best practices at the 2022 uh, annual conference for all the, the California professional. Uh, it was uh, myself, Tyler, and our former Long Range Financial Planning Manager. We also was also invited to present our rate model pra best practices at the 2022 uh, scenario annual summit with all the finance professional on rate modeling. So that's a huge accomplishment for the city of Sacramento and our staff. Uh, we also continue to commit in professional development for our team. Uh, the Department of Utility have sent uh, most of our finance folks to Boston to participate in the rate setting best practices, which is uh, I'm happy to present that there was international participant. There were people from Mexico, Japan that was there. So we're not the only one that deal with rate adjustment. So it's, it's very universal. Next, I'd like to share with you our rate adjustment process. This is a little bit more technical, but I will promise I'll keep it brief. Uh, we basically, in DOU, have a standard five-step process when it comes to rate adjustment. It started with step one and rate development, which include funding needs assessment and forecasting for all capital improvement program, as well as our operation and maintenance needs. The second step that we do is we basically do cons consultation management, uh, which include uh, a selection of a, a rate adjustment consultant. They will come in and help us with developing a rate adoption strategy, surveying the public, 
provide us with a rate study which would justify why we're proposing the rate increase. Step three, uh, stakeholder management, which is something we're pretty happy to do, is, is uh, very rewarding for us to include, you know, communication with our customer, city staff, uh, yourself, and other uh, legislative bodies in terms of outreach, education, and rate hearing. It's very important to the Department of Utility that you folks are the extension of our community, and we're pretty happy to work with you all to make sure that you get the information you need to um, make the appropriate recommendation to city council. Step four, which is now after all the hard work, we're gonna put it in our billing system. So it pretty much uh, something that we do uh, with every rate adjustment that we do, we're gonna put in some business requirement. We make sure that the rate that you folks you know, support and approve is gonna be configured in our billing system and make sure that they are being fully tested and roll out appropriately to each of our customer. And it will be reflected on our, their 150,000 bill that we send out every year. Uh, step five, just like everything we do post-implementation, we wanna do some gap analysis to make sure that we take on the stuff that we do well, learn from the stuff that we need to improve on, and we also continue to monitor the fee collection process, make sure that the fee that we set up in the system come out in the bill appropriately, and we constantly monitor the fee that you approve or support, make sure that we collect the appropriate fees moving forward. And ultimately, we wanna make sure that we're there to support our customer. Uh, every time you have a rate adjustment, customer always gonna pick up the phone and call because they're gonna be things that they will be new to in, in their billing uh, document. This one is very near and dear to me, and Department of Utility is our effort in rate assistance program and support. Uh, this is something that you folks are very passionate about, and I appreciate uh, your passion. And in order to support the city disadvantaged community, community uh, the utility rate assisting program was adopted in June 12, 2012. The program was expanded to include additional service fee assistance. It, was also rebranded uh, from Sura to Sacramento Utility Rate Assistant, which is Sura. Sura is funded at the direction of City Council uh, for Measure U. Uh, the current proposed budget is $5.3 million, with approximately, I'm proud to share with you that it was about 2,000, but we got it for the past many years, we got it up to 110,000 participants. That is a significant improvement for the Department of Utility. Um, next, this is basically demonstrate to you that uh, the City Council is committed, their ongoing commitment to support our disadvantaged community, and which is supported by our pretty um, talented support staff in DOU. More. Uh, basically, beside that, we're not settled for Jetsura. Um, the Department of Utility continue to seek and obtain other uh, available assistance from the state, the federal, uh, the federal, the state, and local level. Uh, I'm glad to report to you that DOU have successfully obtained a regional sanitation COVID-19 re rate relief with more than $3.9 million. DOU also apply and receive over $4.6 million from the California Water Wastewater Arrears Payment Program. 
and the low income household water assistance program to provide relief to the city customer with unpaid bills related to the hardship due to COVID-19. It's pretty much parallel with what Tyler is doing on the grant side you know, to support our, uh, our, our customer. Uh, we also, uh, finally, we also partner up with the Sacramento Emergency Rate Assistance Program to provide over $17,000 of federal and state funding for renters living anywhere in Sacramento County who have experienced a reduction in household income and other financial hardship due to COVID the COVID-19 pandemic. So that is an amazing accomplishment for our staff in DOU. I would like to conclude my presentation to share with you our DOU is committed to live up to our fiduciary responsibility of the ratepayer of the ratepayer and our commitment to help the disadvantaged community. I thank you for your time and myself and staff are available if you have any questions for us. Thank you. Thank you. This item is information only. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I do have one question. You got $4.6 million from the arrearage um, money to pay um, bills that were in arrears from COVID. Are there still bills that are in arrears from COVID or did that cover it all? Uh, that basically the grant have a start date and an end date is covered all. Uh, what we did, uh, Chair Fidel, is we offset their bill, uh, the stuff that their outstanding bill, and we were able to take the money that we got from the state, and we distributed to the, the 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 customer that needed that support. Whatever leftover, we had to return it back to the state. It is my understanding that the state of California is currently considered more of a you know a water, uh, the, 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 the assistant, rate assistant program statewide. Um, uh, we'll f our legislative staff are following those uh, legislation and we'll be more than happy to report back to you if there was something that, that, that will um, make some progress at the state the house and then we'll more than happy to bring that back to you. Go ahead. I can add, yes. Yeah. So it was just announced that the, uh, the California rearage program has been extended. And so we are uh, in the process of working through that application as well. So we're gonna go as long as the state continues to extend those dollars, we're committed to that and we'll, we'll participate in that program there. So this is uh, very, very new and we, you know, fresh, so <laughs> hasn't even made it to his desk yet, but we are, we are uh, in the process of an application and uh, carrying this program forward. Are there any other speakers on this? Thank you very much. Great presentation. Thank you, Commissioner Johnson. Appreciate you. And Chair, for the record, there are no public comments for this item either. The next item is Commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? The last item is public comments, matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments, matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. There are no speakers for this item either. This concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. The meeting is adjourned.